We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Did you ever have this experience in college, Paul? That, that mm. wait, wait, guys, guys, the police are here. They're here. They're here. Uh, Everybody, be yeah. quiet. It actually happened in high school because you in know, high school, wow, well, you did it well. Yeah, because you know my friend's dad was an airline pilot, and so he'd be gone for a month at, at a stretch. <laughs> okay. He used to work for TWA, by the way, and he'd be gone. Okay. And his mom was an interior decorator, and he'd have parties at his okay. house. All right. So yeah, it'd be like. <clears throat> well, I was all, here. Here's the problem: is I was always the sober guy in college because I just don't. I, I, let, me, let me side note: I don't have a problem with drinking. I don't like to drink. I've never enjoyed it. It's one of those people who never enjoyed it. Fair enough. And I look like I do. So very often I was <laughs> referred to as the bouncer because I'd be the sober guy standing right, there looking like. Right. A, anyway, side note: but I was at I was at this one party in college where, at, keep in mind, I am the uh, the very uh, living in a bubble filmmaker kid, and uh, yeah, just not cool. But I was at one party in college. That got so crazy, I literally looked around the room and was like, this is every single movie cliche in, for a college party Seriously. ever. We literally had four girls in short <laughs> jean shorts dancing on the coffee table, which I'm not kidding you, was made out of a stolen street sign. It oh, was like a cool. house party thing. And, and a little while later, it all happened, and it made me laugh. <laughs> guys, guys, the cops are here. And of course, <laughs> three quarters of the room is, is not allowed to drink. Sure. You know, of course. Yeah. So, so yeah. The, the reason I bring that up is because in that moment I thought, you know the cops can hear you, right? <laughs> On the other side of that door, True. they're not idiots. True. They're the actually people. They're, they're aware there's a party, which is why they've been called. So, but, Guy, but you're, I had, you're bringing it all back. We stole those blinky blink construction lights by that. We thought that'd be cool to have. Like, I want one of the blinky blink lights. It just kept me awake because it was stupid blinking yellow amber, super bright. Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, no, how do I turn this off? But, but the thing you I thought can't. about That's in that the, moment, the way it relates to this is here we are. You and I talk about cars. We talk about driving. We talk about driving fast. We've Absolutely. had questions about we the other side fast. of the equation. <clears throat> if you get pulled over. What is the police officer thinking? It's important. Actually, I think coming into this is more of a headspace for you and I to be helpful to our listening audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and I could pontificate all day long as to what we think you should do. It's just sort of common sense. Don't do this. Do do this. But what about hearing from an actual police officer who mm-hmm. is the first person ever to join us in studio? Usually our calls are, or yeah. our guests are on a call. Yes, true. And so you're hearing, a, you know, maybe a scratchy phone call. But actually, we have Chad in the studio. So welcome, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Chad is our, a local police officer. I have joked about him before because this is the police officer I've mentioned on the podcast who, knowing yes, my yes. awesome on-ramp that I have of my, uh-huh, off my house, uh-huh. he left a cone there once for me have an apex cone. This is that Chad. Chad, by the way. Uh-huh. He's a long-time listener of the podcast. Thank you for that cone, by the way. I don't think I ever really properly got to use it, but I know you left it. Well, that's because somebody stole it. <laughs> but you're welcome. <laughs> somebody went, free so, cone. Hey, so Chad is a long-time listener of the podcast, which is great. He's in our local area. I should acknowledge one elephant in the room. I want to give the impetus for this podcast because yeah. a few of you have asked us in various ways, what's the police officer thinking? How do I deal with getting pulled over? Which mm-hmm. is why we want to talk about this, is why Chad is here and we're thrilled about it. Others of you have asked the question about, you live in a major urban area. You are a different race than we are. I, look, I'll acknowledge sure. right here. We are three white white guys in a room, yeah. and we live in Park City. Okay, this is not downtown it, Atlanta, it's not Chicago, Miami, DC. Think okay. of an inner city. We are we are not yeah. sitting here to try to cover law enforcement at large. No, that's this not is what not this that. is about. That's not what this is about. Not at all. This is you've just been pulled over. You, you are looking in your rearview mirror, <laughs> staring at those lights. Your hackles are up, going, "Oh man." <laughs> 
you probably know why you've been most the of the time, adrenaline you probably has know surged why you've been at this point. That your adrenal glands have opened, and you're thinking about insurance ramifications and spouse <laughs> and family that you're going to have to tell, and your friends that are going to razz you endlessly. And yes, yes, yes. On and on, and then the social media postings are you know coming shortly. By the way, why does that happen so much? I don't, I'm not sure the moment. Maybe you can speak to that, Chad. I'm not sure the moment when the person pulls out the cell phone to take the photo of either. It's it's one of two things. I've done it's it. either the rearview mirror or the side mirror. Yeah, with I the sneak lights the phone in. up and I try to sneak the lights yeah. into the rearview mirror. Click, yeah, and I'm that's not sure that that gets sneaked. Let, let's let's just <laughs> yeah, let's it's just, not all that sneaky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured this is this is perfect. Yeah, this is where I want to start. You've pulled somebody over. Walk us through what you're thinking when you approach and what you're. Let's put it this way: what you're looking for. Let's start there, and then after that, I want to go to what you don't want to see. You know, for a traffic stop, safety is our primary concern, right? Statistically, Mm -hmm. traffic stops are a very dangerous thing, one of the most dangerous things that you can do in law enforcement. Like you were saying a second ago, you know what you did. You're you're thinking about insurance. Maybe I don't have insurance on the car. You're thinking of those (laughs) kind of things. Yeah. The question, when you ask me how fast I was going, do you know how fast I was going? I'm thinking about what number do I say? What what do I say? Because Uh, I already know that number. (laughs) Because you already know that number, right? It's not a guessing game for me. You have a number. You have a number already, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, so for an officer, we're thinking so much larger than what we pulled you over for. So you know that we pulled you over, or I know that I pulled you over for speeding, but I don't know who you are, and I don't know what you've just done, where you're coming from, Mm -hmm. why you're going that fast. So a police officer has to look at it as this larger picture of what all is going on here. It's it's not just the, I pulled you over because you're going 15 miles an hour over. Mm. Are there <laughs> clues here or signs here that something else is going on? Did this person just, you know, murder their boyfriend, girlfriend? Did, you know, is there is there drug trafficking? Is there human trafficking? Is there, you know, just drugs in general or guns in general? Because people people do some really weird things when they're when law enforcement are around right mm-hmm. we we've seen um, tv shows created entirely devoted to <laughs> right. that <laughs> right. entire that point this is true so, yeah i mean i've been involved in pursuits where people have run from us simply because they didn't have insurance on the car and the one ran wow it was a new car so it was actually covered by his current insurance he just thought i don't just have insurance on it yet so it. so i'm oh, gonna run man. Oh, oh my man! Gosh. Yeah, so it was this huge pursuit because again, we don't know what's going on with it. It mm-hmm. was early morning hours. We, you know, it's kind of the time of day where we get cars broken into and homes getting broken into. And I see a car with no license plates on it, and that's typical of a car that's stolen. Mm-hmm. So as soon as wow. I light the car up, it takes off, and we're you know hundred plus on the freeway with him running. Mm-hmm. And in the end, when mm-hmm. we caught him, because wow. we usually catch you yeah. wow <laughs> it was because he was afraid because he didn't have insurance because you have radios and because we have radios and yeah and <laughs> other agencies there's always another <laughs> agency further down the road fair point fair point you yeah, think yeah. you're running huh? yeah, yeah. i'll just get on yeah. the radio. so i know that was kind of that was kind of a broad so that's kind of the stuff we're looking for there's so much stuff that could happen and i mean we've seen it on those tv shows you know a police officer pulls someone over for speeding and as soon as they walk up to the car they've got a gun shoved in their face and they get shot So those are the things we're thinking about. So you may be a really good person. You may be not that person that's going to shoot me on this traffic stop, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that. Mm -hmm. I've noticed more and more at traffic stops, I think this has been uh, over time, the officer approaches on the inside, uh, you know, not closest to the highway. So you're essentially just protecting yourself from traffic. Because as you said, starting there, it's very dangerous just to be on the side of the road. And I guess I've thought of... um, you know, when I've been pulled over, I try to either pull as far off as I can just to get off the road or take the exit if it's right there, 
Should you do that? Should you take an exit and pull completely off the highway because the highway is rather dangerous with speeding cars? I mean, what's protocol there? Will you get even angrier and think I'm trying to run? And my headspace is... I'm just trying to get us off the road and around the corner, and maybe nobody will see me either. Yeah. <laughs> nobody I know. You know, if it's if there's an exit that's right there that's you know that's reasonably close, then I think that's totally fine. And the officer should usually be, not usually, the officer should be choosing the area of the traffic stop, right? Mm-hmm. The officer should okay. be turning on his okay. lights in an area that he's or she is ready for you to pull over, mm-hmm. so that it should gotcha. be a safe area gotcha. with a safe shoulder. Or there is an exit coming up, so you can take that exit and either, you know, get off on the off-ramp if there's a good shoulder there, or, yeah, down to the gas station or whatever that's off the road. There's not a problem with that, as long as it's, like, somewhat reasonable. If that exit isn't for five miles down the road, then we might have a problem. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's certainly, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I I appreciate when people do that, pull off the side of the road more or take that next exit to, just tell. to keep us safer. My next question is about conversation because I've been pulled over in California and the officer maybe had a bad day. Maybe it's been a long day, but, you know, there's some snark involved about, so you're trying to catch up to the car in front of you or, you know, you think you're fast or, you know, all those kinds of things. I want to have a good conversation. I want to be completely respectful. I actually, I will admit on my license tag on one of my cars, it's the Cayman. I have the uh, the Utah Fund that it contributes to officers. Oh, yeah, the Officer and, Down uh, Memorial. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in California, it was always the 9-11 Foundation. It was the get-out-of-jail-free card. It was the hall pass. You know what I mean? I've got that on my license tag as a, you know, hey, I've contributed to the fund, but I also want it to be known that it's on a hot car, but I appreciate officers, and I like what you do, and I... You know, even though I'm bummed to be pulled over for speeding, maybe a message of that sense. And I know you guys see it. I had an officer, uh, actually Utah Highway Patrol, see that and was, you know, came back, knocked things down for me because he's like, okay, I see that. And, you know, but what about conversation when you first walk up to the car? Before you do that, I want to I want to go further than that. You walk up and you've just rounded the corner to see the driver. What would you like to see? Like body position? Do you want to see hands? What What do you want to see? Yeah, so I like I like it if they just keep their hands up on the steering wheel. Um, okay, okay. People will sometimes try to be helpful by gathering their documents before the officer gets there, you know, reaching for their mm-hmm. pocket to get their wallet, yeah, reaching yeah. into the glove box to, you know, get their registration mm-hmm. or insurance. Yeah. But both of those places are often where weapons are stored also. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. someone could have a gun on their hip or a gun in the, yeah. in the yeah. glove box. Yeah. And again, these are things that, you know, the average driver probably isn't thinking about. But as the officer is walking up, if I see somebody reaching... You know, and they're kind of reaching down towards their right side. Yeah, they could be reaching for their wallet or they could be reaching for that gun. Mm-hmm. And same thing, leaning over to that glove box. Sure. So sure. not reaching around, certainly not under the seats, any of that kind of stuff. Um, in law enforcement, they call that furtive movements if you're reaching around, mm-hmm. reaching underneath mm-hmm. the seat like that. Right. And um, so those are things that kind of, you know, make our make the hair on the back of our neck stand up. So of just, why is this person reaching around? So hands up on the steering okay. wheel, okay. just where we can see them. And I mean, I think just realizing that police officers are people too, you know, so you could, you could get that one that's having a bad day. Plus you, who knows what they just dealt with. You know, maybe they just came from doing CPR on somebody or <laughs> some, something awful because that, that does know. happen, you mm-hmm. know. And I have had that where we've come from like a really bad child abuse call or something like that. and um, wow. Or I just leave a medical where we were doing CPR on somebody. And then I have a car coming up really quick behind me and I pull them over. 
And it's like, I still have this lingering, you know, I don't know if trauma is the right word, but, you know, dealing with this other situation that I just had to deal with of either watching someone's loved one possibly dying or dying and Mm. not being able to help them. Gosh. And then I've got somebody that's maybe driving irresponsibly or just going too fast in an area or something like that. And I pull them over. So I, I mean, I always try to be really decent with people. I always try to start fresh with every single person and not bring any baggage from anything else. That's hard though. Yeah. Because you're seeing it all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you go from, from one, you know, one to the next and here in park city too. I mean, obviously we're in a pretty, pretty nice community, but yeah, I'll tell you right now, no matter where you live, if you truly knew what went on in your community, it would be terrifying. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are. Even, Pick any I'm city sure. across the I'm state, sure. you know, yeah, across the country. Yeah. Even the stuff that you've mentioned before, it's just sort of like, and I think all of you listening as well, we don't live in the headspace of, you know, things you've mentioned, you know, whether it's a child abuse thing or something going on or, or trauma, injury, bodily injury. Yeah. That's yeah. not where my headspace is at, but it's where you guys are at all the time. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. You know, you're just thinking, what's the next thing going to be? I don't know. I mean, that's honestly why. I admire you so much because you're having to deal and just switch gears constantly, constantly. And navigate, mm-hmm. yeah. And then sure. the fact that you start fresh, that's actually kind of nice to know. So, okay, so jump, so building Sorry. on this. No, 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 you're, you're, this is great. This is great stuff. It's, it's very real stuff. I love it. So it's not necessarily light, but it's very real. So it's welcome to the real. podcast. Yeah. The police are here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the next thing, Chet, so you've walked up and the person is, they're, they're not doing anything weird. They've got hands up on the steering wheel. What are you hoping for in that conversation? You know, I really appreciate just honesty. Someone who's okay. being real. Okay. You know, I'll, I might ask you questions like, hey, do you know how fast you're going? <laughs> most of that is to gauge how honest you're going to be with me because most people know, you know. Yeah. It, I, I mean, and I get, especially in these newer cars, people will be driving and it kind of gets away from you and you yeah. can't really feel how fast that's going. I understand that. Most people know. You know, most people, they're either sure. driving with purpose, they're, they're speeding for a reason, they're late for something, late for work or picking their kids up. Or they drive something like a Porsche Cayman or a Lotus. <clears throat> I mean, just throwing those yeah, out Just there. throwing out know. random cars. Yeah, just random yeah. ones. Yeah. You know, so there are cars that, you know, kind of beg to be driven fast. And they're sure. driving it because they enjoy doing it. Sure. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the time, they kind of have an idea. So I'm looking for people who will just be honest with me. Yeah, you know, I know I was speeding. You know, someone who, obviously no attitude. I'm not coming to you with attitude. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for me to get attitude in return is just another one of those things that, again, it's like, okay, I just came from this call. Here I'm trying to be decent with you, and and this is how you're treating me. And it's like I'm not looking to do you any favors if you're sitting here belittling me or being super rude to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I again, this is just my opinion. It's not it's not for every officer. Yeah, yeah. But someone again. who will just be real and honest with me. And again, I try to make the conversation light while I have all these things going on in my head, the safety concerns. You know, I'm trying to have a, a light conversation of you know this is. This is why I stopped you. And, you know, and then I'll ask you for your documentation, your mm-hmm, mm-hmm. driver's license and that kind of stuff. And, you know, just just people being real about it. You yeah. Know, just being decent. Yeah. I feel like I used to have to get a lot more documents. Now it's just the license. Does the license pull up everything else? Not necessarily. Your registration does, though. So when we okay. run your license plate, it tells us if it's valid. And it okay. also tells us right on there if you have insurance. If it's Got valid. It. Oh, it does. Got it's it. through. Okay. Yeah. And then your driver's license, obviously, we can, you know, that is the part that we need because... We've most times, at least for me, I've already run the plate to figure out if it's stolen or something like that before you know, I you pull know the, the status car of the over. car. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of know the status of the car, but I don't know if the person driving it is the registered Got owner it. of that Got car. It. Yeah. So that's yeah. where I need to ID that that driver. And also, the law changed recently in Utah about needing to provide your registration. It mm. used to be mm. that you had to provide that, and they changed that. Mm. Either this year or last year, I can't remember. But it's interesting. I hadn't thought about the fact that if you run the plate, that dominoes through lots of info for you already, and you haven't yeah. even seen me. 
Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I already sure. kind of have an idea of that. Sure. It's really interesting because I've found this in my own experience. And Todd and I talk about this as pay to play. If we're going to own fun, hot sports cars in our lives, yeah. at some point, we're going to get pulled over because we're inevitably going to be doing something This is why fast. we're talking about this. So, If you were listening to this podcast, you have a happens. car that you love as much as we hope you do, and yeah. you drive it hard, at some point, you're going to be, hello, officer. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's going to happen, okay? Exactly. So we're, we, you know, we reference this as pay-to-play, and, and a lot of people have written back to us on social media saying, all right. Got a ticket. It depends, obviously, on the speed, but your your conversation about being nice to the officer and, again, treating them like human beings and they're not robots and you're not clinical about it and you've got other things on your mind, including your own family and your own life and I need to pick up milk from the grocery store on my way home, right. whatever that is. So it's just interesting to me about, and it's been my experience, to just treat officers with amazing respect because yeah. I'm in the wrong. You pulled me over for a reason. I get that. Yeah. And I'm not and like I'm not asking you to like suck up to the officer. You know, it's not right. It doesn't have right. to be this, oh, I have to treat you so nice. You don't have to fawn think, over Yeah, you know, but I think yeah. just being decent with them, just you know, just acting normal, not having attitude. And I think maybe that comes naturally, you know, from some people that they know they're in the wrong, so they're instantly defensive about it, maybe. Sure. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, but it's cracking a joke recommended or no? Sure. Should I not? I like jokes. <laughs> sometimes self de- self deprecating, sometimes but he, not. But he better fight it funny. Then yeah. you got a whole other problem. That, you know, exactly. if not, all of a sudden that speeding ticket is a ticket to jail. Exactly. <laughs> Man, one of my first tickets was in uh, California in Glendale when I had my nine twenty eight, and the officer told me he said, "I didn't turn my uh, my radar on until." Uh, until I got you about 94, but I was chasing. I know you were north 110 going through town. This was at 1 in the morning. And he said, I, I can't verify that, but I know. I was just like, hee hee, yeah, yeah, um, okay. And? Is there a difference in the kind of car you've pulled over? Does that change your perception? And also the kind of speeding, be it either quantity or how they were handling the car. Does this change the reality? Again, this is just for me. Sure, of course. But, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does. If I have somebody who has a nice car that's, and I don't say nice, I don't mean that to equate to expensive, sure. you know, but a, a car that's put together that's obviously well-maintained and they're driving it, I mean, you guys mentioned it as spirited driving, you know, so they're driving it, you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe yes. a little. So as long as it as long as long it isn't, you know, if I've got a car that looks like parts are falling off of it or about to, and they're doing it in, you know, just really an unsafe manner, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's reckless speeding. So kind of- reckless, yeah. So, so there's just a, I guess there's a time and a place for it, in my opinion. Mm, okay. You know, so this is a daily occurrence. I-80 comes up through our jurisdiction. Sure, yeah, yeah. So Parley's Canyon... I, Pretty much every single day, we get a we get what's called an attempt to locate. We get an attempt to locate on reckless drivers, whether it be cars. Right now, this time of year, motorcycles are coming out, okay. and it's yeah. you know cars that are you know during busy times, a hundred plus miles an hour. Ugh. You know, so it, on Parley Summit, you know, dropping down into Park City, there's exits right there. You know, there's wildlife in this area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Typically, That's a true. lot of people right there. Is 130 coming off Parley's while there's a whole bunch of other people there responsible? Yeah, probably not. That's probably not the <laughs> best. Go, no, probably not the best area to do that. <laughs> yeah. But then you know, and and you guys know we have a lot of a lot of roads in this county that are nice twisty roads that are often you know kind of in the backwoods area that not a lot of people travel that. You know, you can be back there and possibly not see another car, mm-hmm. or if you do, fairly minimal. If I've got somebody that's speeding there that wants to test out their car, that wants to, you know, I put this new part on it or mm-hmm. I just want to see what it'll do through these turns, 
I'm a lot more likely to be lenient with somebody like that than doing it on mm-hmm. I-80 rush hour traffic. Sure. And sure. I think you're looking really at the attitude of the car because that's telling you a lot about the driver and driver skill. You probably have been observing that driver for a little while. Right. And looking at their car control, their skill in handling the car, not that that is a hall pass for, oh, you seem very skillful, then have fun at 110, <laughs> buddy, whatever. Yeah. But you're, you're looking at all these things, and I have actually learned to not switch lanes quickly. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm weaving in and out of traffic or just, you know, switch lanes really quickly, that just, well, that's the car that's moving quicker than everybody else. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't, you know, yeah. the tallest blade of grass. First to get whacked. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing you say that we've been watching you. When you're driving like that, everybody's watching you. Especially mm. when you're, True. if you're in a flashy True. car. Yes. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I have any idea what you're about. Fingers pointing Ooh, like at you, something, Like something bright yellow? What are you saying? Yeah, weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're in a flashy car like that people are automatically looking at you anyway. And then mm-hmm. if you're driving it kind of aggressively and you're cutting people off or you're mm-hmm. getting really close behind them when they're in that fast lane, trying to get them to move over, we're going to get lots of calls on it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that we're looking at you. We might be getting, you know, a bunch of calls about, hey, this guy is, you know. Sure. Our uh, uh, European correspondent, Tom, yes, was uh, Facebook messaging with him the other day and he was in town. He was on the East Coast for the X3M launch, the BMW okay. launch. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, he, he texted me a picture of his food. He said, very you know, Tom, very Tom. He's traveling to the U.S. picture of his food. Yeah. And he's in New Jersey and then they were going up to Monticello Motor Club and you all saw the BMW X3M and the X4M that just came out. And so he was doing that, lucky dog. And uh, he said, man, I love America. Your food's awesome, but your speed limits. And yeah. he's coming from Aachen, from Germany, which is yeah. the birthplace of AC Schnitzer, the tuning company, and it's 45 minutes from the ring and Autobahns yeah, and the, that you and I love. Well, he's got an back. Autobahn like 15 minutes from where, oh, he, where he was born. So yeah. it's like, yeah, so he's over here going, what is going <laughs> like, on? What yeah. on earth, you yeah. people? But I honestly think it really is in relation to driver skill. And in Germany, driver's licenses cost a lot of money. People take it very seriously because it costs them two or 3,000 euro yeah. just to get yeah. that. And, you know, obviously we don't have that in America. But I, I wish, you know, it's sort of, you know, I'd like to buy the world of Coke, Todd. And I would like to teach everybody to drive better and, and be more strategic and have better skill and all those kinds of things. It's just one of those things. It's never going to happen, I don't think. No, and one thing that I've noticed in on the law enforcement side of dealing with drivers or, you know, interactions with drivers are we come from a unique perspective, I think, even more so you guys than me, but coming from an enthusiast standpoint where we really enjoy driving. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed driving. Um, you know, I always enjoyed cars I mean, you love long before cars. I was old enough to drive. Yeah, yeah. cars, motorcycles, anything yeah. with a motor I think is great. <laughs> Not everyone is like that. True. So true. I, I have to, you know, I have to think that we're kind of a smaller group, those who really enjoy it. Sure, yeah, yeah. I deal with a lot of people who really don't much have a desire to drive. They do mm-hmm. it out of necessity, not because it's something that they enjoy doing or want to do. Interesting. A lot of them are, you know, especially new drivers, um, new drivers and older drivers are afraid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're afraid. I hear all the time, yeah, I'm okay driving up here, but I don't want to drive down in the valley. I don't want to drive in downtown Salt Lake. There's just too much traffic. Or, Interesting. You know, so I hear that kind of stuff a lot. Don't that, go to L.A. You're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have no idea. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, and, that's, and, and to be honest, love my wife, but that's her. If we go out to California, mm. she doesn't want to drive. and She's sure. fine. Like sure. in the middle of the desert, she'll take a turn driving. Sure. Yeah. But if we're going to get into a highly populated area, she has no desire to drive around that. It's just kind of nerve-wracking for her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and I think a lot of people are probably like that. So it's, I think it's hard for us where we enjoy it and that doesn't bother us. You know, there's a lot of people out there that 
just out of necessity they drive, not because they want to. Sure. sure. I'm going to ask the world's biggest softball question of Chad because okay. I'm hoping for a rant. Okay. Is the Uh-oh. phone problem as bad as I think it is? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here we please, go. Please don't get me Hope started. Hope you all have another 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. It's a problem. I actually just saw – I don't know if it was true, but I actually just saw a list of new um, laws for California. Okay. And it showed that if you're caught you know, driving with your phone, like texting on your phone or whatever, it was an automatic $1,000 fine and three-year license suspension. Whoa! Yeah, oh, so that actually passed. I I, that, I don't know. Proposed? I don't know if that was true. Yeah, I, I saw it in the social media world, so I don't know how Holy much moly. it was. It was a picture taken. Please of, tell me you saw this on your phone just uh, to <laughs> just to make it go full while cycle. I was driving. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, it really is a problem. And I recently started riding motorcycles. I you know I've kind of always liked motorcycles. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was always kind of in the you know in into dirt bikes and that kind of thing sure sure and i recently went through the police motorcycle course and i've been riding oh, wow. a harley davidson for for work okay now right. so Very that nice. has given me a whole brand new <laughs> perspective sure. on driving yeah yeah and yeah. even more so than in my car it's so easy to see in people's cars on a motorcycle because mm. you're just mm-hmm. right there mm-hmm. and yeah. people don't see you yeah all the time yeah, now yeah. i'm catching people all the time just with their faces and their phone not driving and it's yeah. stuff that I think was harder to see in my car. Mm-hmm. I sure. can see it better now, yeah, but sure. actually read their emails too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Awesome. And it's also a lot more terrifying because for me, those, the consequences of that, if they mm-hmm. change lanes mm-hmm. and I'm right there, yeah. Oh, yeah. are a lot more severe for me than if I were in a man. car. But yes, it's a problem. Yeah. Because we've ranted about it before, but obviously we're not having to deal with it like you're having to deal with it. And I I know it's an issue, but I just, and I know it's even an issue for me. Something happens and you just be like, oh, you know what? I did get a text. I should check it. And I have to restrain myself from doing that. I should just check it because that's what we all do. It pings and we reach for it. And now you're driving and going, I can't do that. And it's that Pavlov thing, but I'm supposed to. And it's oh. super important. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we got to watch that for sure. I mean, I wish it were federal. I mean, it's obviously state to state, but I wish it were just across the board. And people are they're doing it more and more. I just it grinds me. It grinds a lot of people. But if if anybody has a real solution to it besides increasing fines, but then are you do you spend a day like okay today's phone day? It's just phones. <laughs> Speeders off the list. Speeders, you're off the hook, baby. It's just phone day. If you're on the phone, you are mine. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you get in the mood of, hey, I want to go enforce this in this area. Like, we've been getting complaints of stop signs in this, you know, people running stop signs. So we'll go enforce that in that area. Sure, sure. You know, we were getting complaints of people speeding this area. So we'll go enforce that. So, no, I don't specifically like, <laughs> but you know, for me, if I have the time, if I'm not phone going, Friday, <laughs> yeah. telling you, if I don't have another call to go to or something like that and I see it, you know, I'll, I'll generally make a stop on it. And yeah. again, I, I really like the education side of it of, mm. Hey, I'm going to stop you and educate you that what you're doing is, you know, maybe unsafe or against the law. I really don't like to write tickets, mm. <laughs> you know? So unless you're really deserving of one, meaning that you're doing something really, you know, really unsafe or something like that, or that, you know, this is had this happen recently. This is the seventh time we've stopped you. Just our agency has stopped you for speeding. I had you going double the speed limit Mm. in a residential area. Oh man. And you're mad at me that you're getting pulled over. Sorry. You're going to get a ticket. (laughs) You're you're just not learning here, you know, but no, I, I don't necessarily, Hey, this is what's going to happen today. (laughs) I'm going to go grab this. I mean, soon, you know, 
Chad's going to pull us over and just scan our eyeball, and it's going to automatically deduct right out of our checking account and have a nice day. <laughs> I've been in Park City before driving my Lotus, yeah, and Chad's yeah. pulled up behind me, and I know what everybody else is thinking. <laughs> He's thinking, oh, man, they got him, and Chad's going, hey, how are you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's happened before, too. Exactly. You know, that's, and, there's, and there's some funny videos out there now about like what's really going on in a cop car. Okay. And yeah. that's pretty much people are like, you know, you see a police car rolling through, and people are all nervous, and they're like, oh, my gosh, He's looking at me. He's doing this. And the cop is in there, like, singing some random song or something like that, like, in his own world. And nine times out of ten, that's totally how it is. Like, not even looking they're at They're auditioning you. soon. And so right, they're right. Be... But keep in mind, folks, right. I mean, again, coming back to where we started, Chad left me a cone on the apex of my, of my on-ramp, and he listens to this podcast where we talk about driving cars. So, I mean, and the, yet he still gets his work done. For so. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, yes. you're, you're doing you're, – you were telling us earlier, you've got uh, 12-hour night shifts you're pulling right now. Yep. I don't want to do a 12-hour night shift of anything, by the way. Way, including driving. I don't want to do a 12 hour night shift to anything, let yeah. alone be an law enforcement officer. So, so we appreciate you immensely, Absolutely. man, that you're out there and Thank all you. the guys like you're out there. What's going on when the cop car has its lights on and just pulled over by itself on the side of the road? Is it just paperwork? Is this like paperwork time? And the, you, you can see the officer looking down and they're either data entry or paperwork or whatever. Is that really? Yeah. They just pulled somebody over? and That's probably it. Chances are they just pulled somebody over that and that person out. is left and they're just finishing up their paperwork. Because it's paperwork it. for you guys, right? Yeah, always paperwork. <laughs> Repetitive, <laughs> constant. It's probably more of that than yeah. actual, I don't know. I'm right, guessing, yeah. It's, but... it's very, that's one thing that's like a, you know, you think it's going to be everything that you see on TV, you know, driving fast and car chases and all that kind of stuff. And that stuff happens. But then you have a whole another 12-hour shift of paperwork mm. talking about what you just did. Mm. So there's man, always man. you always have to document everything. Well, we definitely consider you a friend of the show as, as our friend as well. Big and no, uh, is there a call to action you can leave to, uh, to everybody listening? Is there just be nice to your officers? You're angry at yourself. If you're going to be angry, be angry at yourself because <laughs> you were yeah. the idiot speeding. So yeah, today you know, was your day, bro. Yeah, I think just, you know, just driving responsibly. It's, you know, I... I think we all understand, we all as, you know, drivers or humans, cops, whatever, you know, we understand that people are going to drive fast, you know, mm-hmm. but try to mitigate some of those risks that you're taking, you know, mm-hmm. so do it responsibly and yeah, and just cooperate with the officer. If the officer asks you for something, if he's asking you for your ID or whatever, cooperate with that. Even if you don't agree with the reason that you were being stopped or, you know, the citation that you're getting right there is not the time to argue about it. You can have your day in court, and that's where you can plead your side of the case to sure. a judge. Fair and enough. it also sounds like all of that kind of motion and all of that should happen after you're looking us in the face. Yeah. You, you need to come around to the yeah. car, and now we need to get into motion and need to be responding to things. Yeah. You don't want to see a lot of weird movement while you're yeah, not a, Yeah, and here's another one I forgot to, to touch on before was don't get out of the car. And that's a oh, lo- yeah. <laughs> that's one that I, that I see fairly often is people will get out of the car, and sometimes they're – Oh, I just, you know, maybe that's something that I've heard that that's something that was common practice years ago mm-hmm. where the officer would have you come back to their car. Um, that's not how it is anymore. And mm-hmm. it makes us extremely nervous as soon as somebody gets out of the car because mm-hmm. why are you approaching me? Yeah. And what do you have in that car that you don't want me to see? But sure. That's why you're trying to distract me from that or coming towards yeah, me. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. yeah, so stay in the car and just be decent. Okay. Love it. Chad, thank you so much. Not only Absolutely. for, for yeah. listening. Here's the thing. The thing you guys don't realize is we know Chad because yeah. he reached out to us as somebody listening to the podcast first and then said, oh, yeah. by the way, I'm in law enforcement. We were like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Like we said, it's the so police crazy. are here, essentially. That's what, it all comes here. full circle. And they're listening. Yeah, it's there, awesome. There may be more officers listening, too. <laughs> so, man, you are always invited on this show. If you guys want to hear more of Chad in the future, like I said, you're, you're welcome back. And if you've got your own yeah. Topic Tuesday, you know where to write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. 
or you can find us on the website. We love your Topic Tuesdays, and we yeah. ha- we've been itching to share this with you guys and share Chad's perspective. So thank you again. Really appreciate it, man. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank We're you taking buddy. a break. We're coming back. We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter your parameters into Auto Tempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to Auto Trader and Car Gurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with Auto Tempest. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want. So if we give you drive homework or you're chasing your dream car or you're just looking to feed the disease, autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago. Summer's here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. I know that leather seat seemed like a great idea at the time until you scalded your legs. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I'm telling you, I swear by them. These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. That was really fun. The police should come more often. <laughs> I've never said that sentence, yeah. by the way. The police Wait, should what? come more often. Yeah, that was a lot yeah. of fun, actually. It was very cool. In fact, I have to tell the story. I'm going to start it, but you're going to finish it. Okay. I came over here in the Lotus today because the yes. weather's perfect and the yes. top's off and it's phenomenal and I love it. So I parked that in the drive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you made the comment where you said that Chad would be able to find the place because you know I parked the you know surface of the sun yellow exactly. in the middle of your driveway. Exactly. So he backs his cruiser in. You may have seen the photo by this point if you're listening. He backs his his uh, Ford Explorer cop car cruiser in, <laughs> and you watch the traffic pattern on your street change. <laughs> it's so funny. Everybody speeds in my neighborhood. They come flying through, and then they saw Except for today the cruiser and just <laughs> I watched a Dodge Durango fly through and just. Slam on the brakes. I've seen it before. This gray Durango going way too fast. The speed limit in my neighborhood is 25, okay? It's very slow. Most neighborhoods, it's that. Contractors and gardening trucks and everybody. Not today. This Durango just... I watched him see it and just hit the anchor. Just (laughs) throw all the anchors out. How can I get stopped quickly enough? And I I just had to laugh. Chad, thanks for being on, man. And thank you guys for for throwing out that question. That was a fun question that I'm glad that we could actually field a little bit. Who knows what what questions you guys might have having listened to Chad. We're welcome to all of that. We're glad that he was on here. And again, he's a local guy to us and uh, found us through the podcast. That's very cool. That That is cool. Chad, thank you for being on. And yeah, if you want... uh, want him back for maybe more specific stuff because today was very much a general stop and you know general topics but if there's something more in depth that is you know appropriate to chat about we'd love to have him back he's been he's been in law enforcement a long time Mm -hmm. i actually should have asked that question he's been in a long time so uh, he's got a lot of experience there which is really cool we can interview him later we have a car debate as well we do topic tuesday day we have jeremy writing to us from michigan and uh, he is actually you've made these link 
You He's like it? changing careers. He, he describes himself as 30 years old, used to be 100 pounds heavier, and had what he said was appropriate to him as an overweight farmer. He had a 2008 GMC Sierra Duramax. He lost 100 pounds. He's going into law enforcement, and now he wants a fun car. Jeremy, congratulations, and yeah, you're going to be doing Very exactly cool. what Chad does this. now, so that's, yeah. that's awesome. Now, Jeremy says he'd like to switch things up, get something fun, unique, sporty. So I think any of those categories, it can be all of those categories. He said it need, needs to get relatively decent highway mileage, mm-hmm. better than the 17 miles per gallon diesel that his That's a low got. bar, but yeah. He was thinking an all-wheel drive coupe of some sort due to Michigan winters, which okay. we get. Okay. But he's also open to a rear-wheel drive car with winter tires. And he also wants something. The biggest headline here is it's not a family car, quote-unquote. Yes, true, true, true. So I think, you know, Dodge Chargers kind of say family. Yeah. You know, that is a yeah. cop sort of car, but I sure. don't know that yeah, you yeah. want that. Yeah, in I don't think we need to, to that big. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. Totally. Plus, it's, I, I think that's what they drive in Michigan, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you may, that may Chargers. be the work cars. Let's get something else, <laughs> shall we? Not yeah. do that. So what are our suggestions? Something reasonably, reasonably priced, new. No real budget here, but we've got a, co- a few options for you, mm-hmm. and uh, you know maybe something more on the high end if he if it used if it brings I, the price I kinda, down. I kind of gauged it based off of what are the what that Sierra Duramax would have cost, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I I think we're working in the thirty to forty grand range based on the information he's given us. That's my that's decent. my guess. That's my guess because he's he's genuinely shopping. He wants something new and different, and we can go new or used. So I think we've got some options here. I've got. Three I thought of that are all very different from each other, and then two wild cards. Oh, excellent. You know, there's Mustang and there's Camaro. Yeah. Right off the bat, you're mm-hmm. in Michigan. There are I think a Cam- lot of them there. I think Camaro SS with winter tires would be a fantastic car. I actually had Mustang GT or Camaro SS mm-hmm. because, you know, they are definitely a fun, sporty coupe. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think you can easily fit in those. Mm-hmm. But... You had in your email here this unique situation, fun, unique, sporty, somewhere in there. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking of our German friends and okay. thinking about BMW 2 Series and BMW 4 Series coupes. Mm, okay. You know, right. thinking still good size that you'll fit in. But I was also thinking about the Audi A5. All no, that's drive, interesting. But but not but not the coupe, like the actual two door. Get it in, yeah, the, in the, coupe. The A five, the coupe, yeah. yes. And do that. You, now they've got the, the five door. Yeah, exactly. I'm just clarifying because yes. we're we're talking more of the sporty version. Yeah. Yes, for yeah. sure. I mean S five if you could. Mm-hmm. You know, from a a driving, handling, you know, feedback perspective, there's other cars we we would suggest, but they don't have the benefits of Quattro. Mm-hmm. And I just I think it'd be a a cool step for you to mm-hmm. to go. I mean, we're coming from a big truck is where we're coming yeah, from. Yeah, so for sure. For going sure. to an yeah. Audi is going to feel this lightweight. It's going to feel mm-hmm. like a fly in, in comparison it to is, what you're for used sure. to. Yeah, yeah. And it also doesn't say family car, which is what I like about it. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Yeah. I was towing with the Corvette, but ultimately I was towing with C5 and C606 Corvettes. The Z06, C6, Z06 would be a great one. That's like a $30,000 phenomenal car. They're, depending on which one you get, but... I, the C5, 18 grand. Yeah. A lot right, of them are right. 18 grand. Watch our Z06 piece from season four. We talk all about them. For sure, what about yeah. those? But ultimately, my wild card for you, Jeremy, is a Jag. What if you could get into a Jag? Which one are you looking at? The F-Type. Uh, it's in my wild card list, too. An I'm just F-Type wondering. all-wheel drive would be would be a coup. That That'd be, be really cool. Yeah. V6 all-wheel drive. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. again, you're 30. I mean... Now's the time. There's a guy with a red one here in Park City that drives it year-round, and I, I want to meet him just to applaud him. 
I've seen that car before. Year round. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Really, really cool. Yeah. And if, you can, just, and if yeah. you can drive it here year round, you can drive it in Michigan year round. And there's, you know, there's other choices we could go towards, but I don't want something that's too big and heavy like a Challenger. I don't want something that's, you know, I want you to be able to service it, of course. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, maintenance on that stuff. And I don't want it to suddenly cost you an arm and leg that you're not used to because that diesel truck probably just ran. Sure. So you're used yeah, to yeah. that. So that's obviously why I'm thinking, you know, the Americans are right there. The American cars are right there. But, you know, what else? How about, how about a German car? How yeah. about the Jag? I was chasing totally, totally different stuff than what he's experienced. I had that Camaro SS with winter tires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go Evo 10, the GSR with the wing. Mm. You don't want the family car, so I'm not going MR for you. Get the GSR, which is the five-speed with the wing. Nobody's taking that car. As, oh, that's a nice little family car. No, it's not. No, it's not. That is a fun <laughs> car. And so you could get one of those, all-wheel drive. Honestly, whatever the conditions are, you won't care. You're just going to go drive it. It's true. That'd be very fun. Very you could do that. Along these same lines, I, I had three. My three major cars are totally different. I had the Camaro SS, so I get the the muscle car rear wheel drive covered. The Evo Ten GSR, so I get all wheel drive rally bread covered. And then I had to go front wheel drive hatch, and I picked the Veloster N. Ooh, good gas mileage, hair on fire. You can get them for a, for a good deal. You could get a brand new one, like loaded out for thirty. Yeah. So that would be an interesting choice. Slightly less. You had the same one of the same wild cards as I did, which was an all-wheel drive F-Type. I like that. If he's shopping that high, though, it made me think of Chance's car. 911, the 996 911, hmm. all-wheel drive 911. Hmm. What's, again, he hasn't been clear enough on his budget for us to know for sure. So, Jeremy, what is your budget? Because the thing about a 996 911 with the C4, so the all-wheel drive version, you could buy one of those because it is the unloved generation. On one level, I bought a 911 and it's my daily car. On another level, you don't have to keep that precious. Just go drive it. C4S for like 32, 33. Chance got his C4. It's not a C4S, but he got his C4 for 15. Now, so that means legitimately between 20 and 30, you're shopping, man. Yeah. You're for shopping. Sure. For sure. And again, back to Chance's reference, he's got like 160,000 miles on his. We've known other people with a lot of miles on their mm-hmm. 996s. Very true. Yes, Very true. IMS bearing is a thing. But those cars are out there, and I think you could buy one and be amazed with the driving dynamics, love that you have a 911, and still, when the weather is terrible, not be stressed. That's, my, that's why <laughs> it's like my other that. wild card. I, like that. I think the F-Type is the F-type is a lot of card to just be able to say you daily and drive you around. I think that's a phenomenal choice. But hopefully something in there strikes you. <laughs> Jeremy, thanks for writing. we got to jump to questions because we have so many fun ones. Yeah. And uh, on Instagram, Allison's E92 says she wants to challenge me, formally challenge Paul to a duel Uh-oh. to see who can wear the most automaker gear at the ring. She's going with us on the pilgrimage trip. <laughs> okay. okay. I hadn't seen that one. Bravo, you're, you're Allison. You're on. That is hysterical. You're yes. on. I'm going to be wearing the cologne too. So oh, man. bring well, it. And, and if you don't have enough... We do go by the gift shop, which here's one of the <laughs> oh, ironic true. things about Nurburg. By the way, I'm going to stop real quick. Nurburg is not Nuremberg. They are different towns. Nurburg, <laughs> where the Nurburgring is, we stop by the primary gift shop, which is also a gas station, which is also a convenience <laughs> store. It is all of the above. And when we stop yes. there every year, the people that are in the van with us that are coming with us are like, why are we stopped at a gas station? Do we need gas? Why are they, what are, they, are the guys lost? What's and going on? And then we walk in and in. they go, oh my gosh. So <laughs> yeah. if you don't have enough branded gear, that shop can get it solved. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. man. Got All right. It's on. That is I'm very going to bring everything then. I am terrified. Multiple t-shirts. and I am terrified now. <laughs> Ed, Shoes. Ed Hayes wrote in on, uh, on Facebook and said, what's the most ridiculous thing we've considered as a winter car? 
And then he said, boxers and Caymans, are, are they, it could be had pretty cheap. And then I want to connect that to Michael, who asked the question where he said, I'd like to have somebody tell me that a boxer or a Cayman is no more ridiculous in the winter than my rear-wheel drive 2 Series. These directly relate, folks. Mm. Hmm. First off, Ed, I'm, I'm going to say it. Honestly, I am 50-50 to wanting to drive the Lotus in the winter. I would actually really genuinely like to. I'm telling you, mini blade on the front I, of that thing. I really would love to drive the Elise year-round. The only reasons I don't is it does not have a limited slip. There's a question about that coming up. It does not have a limited slip differential, which I think is helpful for winter driving in a big, big way. Also, it's because I'm up here in Park City and we get a lot of lot of weather, we get a lot of snow, and we get a lot of salt on the roads, I'm genuinely worried about replacement when something happens. There is that. That was the thing there about the – I mean, I, I would honestly – I would drive what Chance drives. I would I keep coming back to it. I would drive a uh, an all-wheel drive 911 in the winter and never blink. I'd drive that all-wheel drive F-Type in the winter and never blink. I'd drive rear-wheel drive versions of those cars and never blink because they're much more mass-produced and you can replace that fender, whereas mm-hmm. Lotus is mm-hmm. half the car and you've got to be on a wait list and it's got to ship it from England. These are the things that keep me from driving the Lotus, even though i got to be honest, I really want to drive that car in the winter. Which brings me back to, Ed, your question, and Michael's. Guys, there's no reason to not drive a Cayman or Boxster in the winter if you're careful. I don't know what your winter Absolutely. conditions are. Yeah. We have had a, a hello to the country of Canada. Anytime we posted one of my rear-wheel drive in the oh, snow yes, FRS yes. videos, and we mentioned we were having a snowy day, Canada went, that's not snow. They they scoffed. I, I don't Did know they why do it in a British accent? I don't know why it was a British accent. Sorry. I, uh, that, sorry. Just, do just a French accent. You're good. Exactly. I can't do that. Incroyable. The point is, they, they, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's not snow. The, the, many, many comments, because many people up there have driven the FRS in far worse conditions than I even showed on camera, which I've driven in those conditions too. They drive FRSs year-round. Okay. Now, the, the trick there is lightweight car, rear-wheel drive limited slip differential, and there's no reason to be precious with it. So, guys, I say buy a Boxster or Cayman. We know people that have driven Boxsters year-round, year-round through snow uh, here, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So if you have the right C'est tires, magnifique. It, bravo. Bon. If you have, if you have the, we're, all, we're, just, we're fishing for stuff oui, now. C'est magnifique. magnifique. If, if you have the right tires, there's no reason not to drive those cars in the winter. The other thing, Lotus versus those, for example, the Lotus has what I would describe as traditional mid-engine handling. Meaning you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Oh, now you're spinning. It when it bites, it bites hard. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. The Cayman and Boxster are the most approachable docile mid-engine platforms I've ever driven. They're quite neutral. So They're yeah, great. that's a great description. So as a result, I don't think you're gonna even have that issue. So I say why not, guys? Let's winter those cars. <laughs> winter them up. The only thing I can say in French is good night, my little cabbage. That's the only thing I can <laughs> Which say. You don't ever have a need to say in English. So I don't even no. know why you understand. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it's fun to pull it out every so often. Question from Ron Sanga on Instagram. What instructors or driving school would we recommend for someone who has never mm. been on a track okay. or a high-performance vehicle? He's in western North Carolina. He's seen more schools out west, but what is in the southeast? There are actually many. You've got so many tracks, so many good tracks. I almost feel like there's far more tracks on the east coast from, say, Ohio going east. Yeah. And you've got many, starting with the BMW Performance Driving School in Spartanburg, South Carolina. That's good, yeah. You've got that. You've got the AMG Academy. You have, of course, the Porsche Driving Experience in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. You've got, actually, there's uh, Summit Point, the the track, not the exact track we were on, but Summit Point Raceway. Mm -hmm. That's more of a, you know, instructor and you bring your own car. Well, but a lot of these, a lot of your tracks, whatever track you find has probably got some beginner days that are hosted by somebody. I mean, you've got Road Atlanta out there. You've got Barber. 
mm-hmm. uh, an hour and a half, uh, two hours from Atlanta. Barber Motorsports, Barber Motorsports Park, 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 not Skip Barber, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. So, so you've got all these various places. I think you could figure out what are the tracks near you and what are the what's the group that does uh, does beginners lessons there. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. very viable. Some places, I know we do it in our local track here. Some places have got kind of easy access first time on track days that are part of your local NASA or SCCA that sometimes is hap- happens our local NASA group does that here I would say find the easiest track access to your location because I guarantee it exists absolutely Ron I'll leave you with this thought and that is hookedondriving.com oh yeah they have they're actually growing quite a bit and they have events all year long at tracks nationwide and there's uh, there's a variety. I think there's some that you can you know use other other cars, track prepped cars, and then there's some events where you can bring your own. Of course, the high performance driving events through NASA and you know PCA, those kinds of things. You've got to have your own car. It'd be nice to start off in somebody else's car, I think. But think of yourself as a blank white canvas, mm-hmm, ready mm-hmm. to receive proper instruction. I love it. I think I they're going to jump at the chance to instruct you. You just want to start, you know, somewhere. Obviously, the the academies are fairly expensive, but I think you're going to be hooked, and I think you're going to really love it. So, one of those. Who's your favorite, uh, you know, car manufacturer? And you've got a lot of them on the East Coast. So. And if all of that fails, you also can just figure out who's a local group doing autocross. Take your own car and sure. ask people questions. You can do that too if sure. you want even easier access. You've got that option as well. Kyle wrote in on Facebook. We've met Kyle, and his wife responded to his questions. I <laughs> <Saw> think. <that. laughs> I think there's a conversation going on in Kyle's. They house. were blowing kisses at each other on Facebook. Uh, do you notice does, that? The question is: Do I ever wish that I'd got and a higher trim level of cayenne. And the way his wife responded made me think he's gone, honey, how about a cayenne? Let, let me unpack this question real quick, Kyle. The short answer is no. I, I, I haven't really worried about it. I, would, I like our base cayenne more than I even expected to. I would like to have the S, to be honest, which is one step up. Remember, there's base, S, GTS, turbo, turbo S in the world of the cayenne. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind having an S for a little bit more power, but of course you'd have a little bit less gas mileage. I have enjoyed this Cayenne that we have thoroughly. It has about 120,000 miles on it. There's another long term coming up on that. My wife and I are starting to debate uh, should she sell that one and us get a more updated Cayenne, something of the next generation. So those conversations are beginning, but we still really like the one we have. The concerns that I had going really, really high on the food chain were twofold. My wife likes to drive quickly. She doesn't need 500 horsepower. <laughs> By her own admission, she really doesn't. And also, Is it nice to have? Yeah, yes. but, exactly. Also, the higher you get in the food chain, the more things are on that car that could break. I liked, mm-hmm. since we were having our first experience with a Porsche as ownership experience, I liked having a base one so that it was just, this car runs. And that's what it's done. It's run wonderfully. I so I would have also gone for an S. Z the person on Instagram says, front engine, front wheel drive, and rear wheel drive cars have their own distinct proportions. Is this just mm. a styling quirk, or does packaging of the drivetrain affect these proportions? Yes, packaging. That is absolutely what you're hitting on is packaging, because think about it. The front engine, front wheel drive cars, all the suspension and wheels in the back do is hold the back end of the car off the ground from yeah, scraping, yeah, yeah. really. But that means there's a whole bunch of space back there in which to package people and goods, all those kinds of things, you, unless you're putting a all-wheel drive drivetrain in it, but it's inherent by the packaging itself. And so you you want to design, of course, aesthetically appealing, but it's also got to be functional unless Mm -hmm. you're a pure sports car, which generally means rear or front. Well, mid-engine Caymans too. I mean, the Cayman is actually 
I love the packaging on that because it's got a it's lot of good. space in the yeah, front it's very good. and a good amount of space behind the engine. Mm-hmm. But think about what if it were a, you know, it just seems odd to do a mid or rear engine car with a long hood on it. <laughs> you can hold a mattress up. It's drive. a reverse pickup. Not it's a reverse really pickup. handy. Yeah. Think about Packards and Duesenbergs of the 20s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They had straight eights or V16s. Yeah. They had long hoods, which is essentially the sheet metal enclosing the engine. That's yeah. why they were such <laughs> huge hoods. The engine is as long as way. a dining room table. The hood's got to be big. Really? Yeah. We're just wrapping the sheet metal, and yeah. then yeah. as it advanced, you wanted to be more aesthetically pleasing and beautiful, mm-hmm. but that's why they had these huge long hoods. The Bugatti Type 35, yeah. straight eight. Have you heard a straight eight? It is mm. thrashy. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of mechanical things going on. And chains whipping around and it's gears angry. and valves. It's quite angry, and, yes. Oh, it's thrashy. Beautiful sound. But that's why those cars have the proportions, because mm. generally that's where it started. You're mm-hmm. packaging the car around the lump, the engine. You're right. That re- relates directly to Instagram. Bradley uh, Lee J. on uh, 1983 writes in and goes, how on earth does Lamborghini get away with crash safety standards Oh, with the long front, uh, really really uh, raked nose? I researched this. Well, but it's, it's, we're all talking about the same thing, though. Once you get into mid-engine, we, we've been talking about, I've been bemoaning the fact that you have uh, pedestrian crash safety standards, which I want to say, again, stay out of the street. But uh, having said that, you have to have these larger hoods. But here's the thing. In those mid-engine cars or any rear-engine car, 911 works here, too, there isn't an engine block to hit. So when you're hitting mm-hmm. that hood... You don't have to worry about how high is it before you hit an engine block. It's a space. It, there's a storage space there on Lamborghini, on everything but the Lotus, on Lamborghinis, on the McLarens, on Ferraris, the 911. All of those have a front storage space. The Alpha 4C and the Lotus do not because mm-hmm, they're tiny. Mm-hmm. But still, even there, you don't have a big engine block to hit. Doing a bit of digging, there is a company called Lambo Lab. It's actually owned by Lamborghini. So mm. look up LamboLab.com, and it's known as the Automobili Lamborghini Advanced Composite Structure Laboratory, okay. where they're actually working with Boeing on all their carbon chassis okay. to work out the structures first. And they did such a good job on the, I think, the Aventador and the Huracan. They passed their crash standards the first time. Wow. So Bravo. this is they're based in Seattle, Washington, and this is actually what they do. They're mm, figuring mm. out their crash structures, as are most car companies sure, making sure. cars like this at a high level. And you've probably noticed, including the Alpha Four C, everything's gone to a carbon chassis or yeah, it's going, some derivative way, of yeah. McLaren. So they're mm. they're making these, so they're going to probably exceed the crash standards by virtue of cost. I mean, they're throwing carbon chassis in these things. So, yeah, pretty interesting uh, website there. So lambolab.com is really incredible, and they they have different sections on there. You can look up all the white papers on that. That's very cool. Brian wrote in on Facebook and said, on TV shows, why do they sometimes remove the brand from cars? They're not (laughs) fooling us. What's going on? There's a couple things going on here. First off, there's there's a combination of licensing rights and not wanting to give free advertising. And depending upon which way your show, I'll give you a great example. Watch any commercial that comes up right now for Auto Trader, because it's got all these cars in it and none of them have a brand on them. But you, well, that's mm. a three seventy Z and that's a that's a GMC pickup and that's a. But they've wiped the brand off because they yeah. don't want to get the yeah. licensing rights to Nissan. Hey, we want to show your your three hundred whatever. We don't want to do that. We don't want to get the licensing rights, so they fudge all. And this has happened in films. This happens in films all the time. You, you generally, if you see branding in films, you actually see a brand. There's a Coca Cola sign in the background, and it's in the new Avengers movie. It's because Coca Cola paid for that. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It didn't end up randomly. 
randomly. It shows up in documentaries randomly because you're, I mean, we've had branding in the background of our stuff when we shot in cities because we're just, we're documentarians. We're shooting what exists. When yeah. you're a feature film or a TV show, you are controlling all the images and you do not give a shout out to things you don't have rights for. And then on the on the reverse side, the legal team doesn't want to try to clear the fact that you have a Nike logo in the background. That's why you, when you mm-hmm. watch mm-hmm. Uh, reality shows, they will put tape on people's Nike logos on their shirts or on their caps or whatever because we don't want to pay the licensing rights. We don't have to chase getting that cleared, so we just smudge the logo or cover the logo or, in the case of cars, digitally take it out. Ariopolis has a question here on Instagram. He wants to try driving different types of cars to see what they're like. Driving homework. Sports cars, muscle cars, trucks, whatever they are. Do we have any tips for driving different cars? Test drives at dealerships. Try to talk random people into letting him drive their cars. He's discovered our secret. Oh, well, sorry. Yes. Yeah. If, if you do that, there usually needs to be a return for them. They want some sort of <laughs> Yes. It's not just payback. here's my keys. Yeah. When we have a privately owned car on set with us and the owner's mm-hmm. along, mm-hmm. Yep. sometimes folks are too busy and they're fine with us just taking the car. We store it overnight in a garage. Yeah. They're yeah. fine with yeah. that. But if they want to come along for the shoot, we try to get them into one of the other cars, which is usually a press yeah. car. Yeah. It gives them seat time, and it's mm-hmm. kind of a cool incentive. Sure, Now, sure. it does show up on camera, either on YouTube or you know television That's or Amazon. Payoff, yeah. So it's kind of cool. Be like, hey, my car was on TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's an interesting group that we are friends with in Seattle. It's called Avance Seattle. Mm. And the founder has actually made this group as a, hey, come drive your cars. And he encourages everybody to switch cars. Yeah, yeah. It's a key swap thing. Yeah, so my question cool. for you, Ariopolis, is, is there a similar group or your mm-hmm. local cars mm-hmm. and coffee where maybe you can start something up to say, hey, we're all going to be respectful to each other's cars, but we're all in this car club together. Yeah, and yeah. Avance, it doesn't matter that you don't have a wagon. It doesn't matter. It's just what he's called. He likes mm-hmm. yeah. wagons and Audi Avance. But come drive each other's cars and up to you. You you know, you you work the deal out between you guys. <laughs> but they encourage owners to come ready for maybe other people to sample your car. But the mm-hmm. benefit is you get to go drive their cars. Yeah. Maybe there's something going on in your area. Maybe that's something you need to take initiative and found yourself. But yeah. like uh, otherwise, like Turo that. is a huge you know, huge yeah. resource for us. De- dealers are great, but the problem with dealers is you're probably not going to get the drive you want. So this is no. where Turo is helpful. And then sometimes rental car fleets, depending on where you are, have got uh, other cars, interesting cars than rental car fleets. But, of course, now you're spending even more money than you probably would on Turo. So that gets, gets difficult. Mm-hmm. What else you got here? Alex uh, Mataloni on Instagram said, how much difference in handling does a limited slip differential make with a front-wheel drive car? The Veloster N's performance package includes <laughs> it, and he's curious if it's worth it. A C- couple things, Alex. Here's the thing about a limited slip differential. In general, in general, you want one. Front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, you want one. Then there are major exceptions, and I will give you a couple. In rear-wheel drive cars, you will hear some auto journalists bemoan the fact that it doesn't have a limited slip differential. To be honest, because it's harder to drift without one. It's next to impossible to drift without one. Yeah. But I like it, a rear-wheel drive car having a limited slip because it's helpful in winter driving. My FRS had one, but here's what's interesting. No one on the planet has ever said a Lotus Elise doesn't handle well. And Lotus makes open differentials. They do not have a limited slip from the factory, generally. Mm-hmm. You know who else doesn't? McLaren generally doesn't. Nobody is getting in those cars and going, this handles terribly. It needs a limited slip differential. So <laughs> yes, you, there are exceptions. Also, the Fiesta ST that we love does not have a limited slip differential from the factory. Now, the new version, which Tom in Germany has told us is even more brilliant, does. 
In general, I'm going to say to you, even Alex, more brilliant. Yes, in general, I'm going to say to you, Alex, because of everything that is going on on a front-wheel drive car, where those front wheels are murdered trying to do everything at once, you want a limited slip diff. In in general, pretty much, yeah. Uh, on a front-wheel yeah. drive car, I much prefer it with that because you have less torque steer. It handles uh, the the power out of corners much much better. The reason the performance pack has it on the Veloster N, besides the fact it's a well-tuned car, that also gets a power bump. You've got nearly 300 horsepower through front wheels. Limited slip helps you with that. I am a big believer in them, but it is not an end-all, be-all. Travels with George J. is asking us, with total disregard for power, performance, or handling, which (laughs) pre-1975 American car would you drive to your local diner summer car show based strictly on its cool factor? Hmm. Hard question, but Hmm. I can answer it. Okay, good. What do you have? 1963 Chrysler Turbine car. Oh, funny. Okay, yeah. All you have to do is go to TurbineCar.com and you'll learn all about these. I, I read about them as a kid. Fascinated with this. Chrysler had an experiment. They built a couple hundred of them. They never, one, I think, yeah. they never went further, and there's very few left. Yeah. I think there's only one, maybe two, actually running. But it is a full jet engine sounding mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. It looks total Jetson space age it really does. weird. It really does, yeah. You know, kind of campy and cheesy now, but it just it's so fun and that would attract attention. That would be uh, cool. Bravo, I'm leaving you with that. That's awesome. Damn it, Patton asked a question about the Utah meetup. He said, "What's going on at the, at the Everyday Driver garage on the track day if you're not driving on the track?" We are going we've rented a garage Honestly, the main reason we did it is to have a home base. When we were at this event last year, we ended up kind of standing around in the parking lot and talking, which was fine, but people weren't, weren't really sure where the Everyday Driver guys were until they saw Bright Yellow Lotus. But anyway, mm-hmm. the point is it wasn't obvious where to hang out. Plus, it was a little bit cool. This year, it's going to be August in Salt Lake Valley, so we wanted someplace where we didn't have to stand in the sun and we could all congregate. That's what the garage is for. We're going to have minimal snacks and water and this kind of stuff. So it'll be a place to be where people that are not currently on the track that are there as part of the Everyday Driver Meetup can be hanging out between sessions. And then if you're not driving at all, you're just hanging out and talking to people and meeting everybody else that's there. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great event. Yeah, if you can come, we'd love to see you there. Last question from me from Andrew Stein on Facebook. He's heard you don't buy a car for the tech. Are there cars we avoid specifically because of the tech or bad tech, lack of tech? Mm. Not necessarily. We're going after the driving dynamics first, unless you're buying an SUV and you need kids and you know stuff and yeah. whatever, or towing, whatever that is. But not necessarily. And of course, the tech arms race is prevalent in all new cars. It, everybody's time, yeah. scrambling to outdo each other with USB-C everywhere and upgradable this. And yeah, I mean, Tesla kind of leads the way because you can, you know, update firmware over the air and your car will do different things the next morning. You didn't expect it to. (laughs) Yeah. Lo and behold, your app does different things, but not necessarily. I think for you and I, it's always the dynamics first and then, Hey, bonus, if it's got Mm. something cool or you know what, this would keep me from buying the car because of that, but you know how great it drives or how it shifts or the power or whatever it is. We're looking for the thing that stirs you from a driving standpoint first, then the tech. We don't look at tech first necessarily. I have a Pepsi versus Coke question. I'm going to try to leave it on. Uh, Brandon writes in on uh, on Facebook and says, opinions on turbos versus superchargers. And then he says, turbos for the win. So clearly, <laughs> you already have an answer to this question. So this is kind of fighting words. But, but here's the thing I feel about it. You have to figure out what you as a driver prefer. I'm a guy that, as you can tell by the fact I drive a Lotus and had an FRS before and these kind of things, I like a very analog driving experience. I don't want things that change halfway through. I want it to feel very consistent or progressive, if you will, depending upon the car. The FRS, 
I think, benefits from a supercharger. The Lotus, at least, benefits from a supercharger. The Mini I had, I actually, my favorite thing about the driving dynamics was the supercharger. Mm-hmm. I prefer mm-hmm. superchargers because they have a more similar feel in power delivery to a naturally aspirated engine. You get the boost, the uh, the Z06, the current Z06, yeah. supercharged. Yeah, true. true. I, I find that I tend to gravitate toward cars that have a supercharger for their power bump because it has a more uh, progressive and linear, both of those terms relate here, meaning there isn't a weird surge all of a sudden. You can put your foot in it at very low RPM and get the extra surge in the supercharger. You can also drive it casually and True. not get the surge. That's True. kind of existent throughout. My Lancer, comparatively, is a dog until it's up on turbo. I mean, <laughs> if I want to leave the lights quickly, I have to actually... Uh, I have to brake stand it a little bit. I have to keep my foot on the brake and ramp the RPMs up to about 3,000 and right yeah. time it right at the time when the light goes green so that I can match the guy next to me leaving in a diesel truck. You're Not because I'm racing. i got to build boost. Yeah. Whereas in the <laughs> Mini, that didn't, it didn't matter. It had a supercharger. If you want to leave, all of a sudden you push your foot to the floor. Yeah, true. So true. I prefer generally supercharger delivery. Having said that, superchargers are very... <laughs> Well, how do I put this? Um, they're big fires under your hood. They, they're, they're, they, yes. They, um, yes. They need air. They need cooling, and many times that's a big problem. And parasitic too, from a yes, and they're parasitic. Yes, the supercharger engine, in the in the Corvette loss. takes a hundred horsepower to run it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the the power to uh, to need ratio is much higher for a supercharger. You can get crazy power out of turbo if you're willing to wait through the lag. Now that we've got turbos that turbines that have got dual spool and different veins and these kind of things, they're getting rid of the turbo lag. And yes, that is awesome. And I see why more people do turbos. Long-winded answer: I prefer superchargers. Bring back the super turbo, the A80 super turbo with the sequential turbos. There you go. One big, it. one small, for one low and one high. Love it, guys. Thank you for your questions. Really appreciate it. We're sorry we can't get to everything, but keep asking. And we'd love to see you at the Utah meetup. We would, we definitely would. So the sign up, all the details is on everydaydriver.com under the adventures tab. And uh, do you have pilgrimage updates? Pilgrimage update is only, here's the only update. This is your last week. Okay. This is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. On Friday, the end of this week, registration closes for pilgrimage. If you're still debating, this is your last shot at it. We simply can't take people after this week. I mean, we're taking everybody that's going, but we can't add anybody to the list because of car registration and that kind of thing. We would love to have you. There's a couple spaces left if you want to come on pilgrimage. And then after that, of course, all we'll talk about is the Utah meetup for a bit until we plan the one for East Coast. Massive thanks again. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.